The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. If you would turn with me over to the book of Job. I know that Brother Chris is preaching through the book of Job, so I don't, I don't intend to, uh, to poach on him this morning. But if you would, turn to the book of Job uh, chapter 28, and there's just a verse, a, a little passage that I want us to grab on our journey. And we'll look at verse 7. It says, There is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eye hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. The, the idea that we're getting here from this scripture is that there is a path that, that, is, that, that only God knows about. There's a path that, that no fowl knoweth and which the vulture's eye hath not seen. It, it, perhaps it's so difficult to get to this path that, that, that the, even the, the fowls of the air cannot see it. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. It's so, it's so hard to find this path. It's, so, it's such a difficult and dangerous path that only God knows it. Not even the lions know it. So I want to talk about paths this morning. You know, kind of continuing our theme of, you know, as I've, as I've mentioned before, if you find something in Scripture and you, and you start pulling the thread and you start studying it out in Scripture, you will find that no pun intended, but all roads lead to Christ. All paths lead to Christ, right? And so today I want us to talk about paths. <clears throat> now we could do like we've done before, and when we talked about water, and we talked about fire, and we talked about many other topics in Scripture where we went from Genesis all the way down through uh, Christ. And we could certainly do that, um, but... For the sake of, of today, I believe what we need to do is just hit a few. And if you would turn to Genesis 15, I want to start with this one. Genesis chapter 15 and verse, uh, around verse 7, we've mentioned this before many times, but it's a very, very helpful uh, verse that teaches us a lot of things. This is God talking to, to Abraham here. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me a heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom thou shalt serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, thou shalt be buried in a good old age. 
But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. All right, so as I mentioned, we have talked about this numerous times. We have a very uh, mystical, mysterious account here of, of God promising something to Abraham, making a covenant with Abraham that these things shall come to pass. He's saying, for one, he's saying, you're going to have a seed. You're going to have a son, a child. And, and then he, he gives all these other promises. He's talking about what's going to happen in Egypt and how they will be delivered from that. And so what is, the, what is the significance of these animals? We've talked about this before. This was a contract, a covenant that the Lord is making that, that they would make as parties. They would take these animals, they would divide them. It would be a, a bloody path that you would have of these carcasses and that you would walk through them together so covenanting between each other. Let me be like these animals if I fail to meet my end of this covenant, right? Now, I draw up contracts uh, often, and we, we have a contract that, that gives in the contract remedies for what happens if either party violates the contract. But, you know, we, we don't live in a society where if you fail to meet your, your, um, your contract, they just kill you, right? But this is a serious covenant. And so when they have this uh, these carcasses laid on, on this either side of this pathway, and they were to walk through together, it was serious. But notice that, that God puts Abraham to sleep, or Abram at this time, he puts him to sleep, and God himself walks through this path of, of blood, this path of carcasses, so covenanting that he himself will fulfill this. That Abraham does not have to be uh, does not have anything to fulfill, that God will fulfill it himself. And, and it's such a beautiful type of your salvation, that God covenants uh, to himself <laughs> that he will fulfill your salvation and that you were just a beneficiary of it. You didn't have to uh, be a part of that contract, okay? You, didn't, you have nothing to fulfill in that other than you just received the blessing from it. So that is a path, right? We, we have a path that God himself walks. It's a path of blood, path of death. So what is a path? Obviously, you know, we, we think of paths. You have, you have uh, sidewalks that you walk on. Maybe some of you have, have uh, paths around your house. Maybe it's uh, with paver stones. Maybe it's with rocks. Maybe if you're, if you're uh, like us or, or like, uh, especially we had at the, at the ridge where, I'm, where I grew up, we'd have paths around the house where the dogs always ran. That they, they ran around the same exact way around the house every time that, that they wore down the grass and it was a little path, right? You, you see this sometimes when you're walking through the woods and you'll see a, a deer run, a path where the deer have run through so many times that it's a pathway. A path is a, is a way of life. It is a way that you travel. It may be a way that you travel so often that you've beat it down, right? And it's, it's easily to see, easy to see. 
I remember, it's funny, when I went to Alabama on the campus there on, on the quad, many of you have been there, and you, and you see it for the first time, and they've got these, these sidewalks just going in the most random sequence throughout the quad. And, and somebody asked the question, why are these sidewalks in these weird ways? And they said, well, they just paved over where the paths were that people had beat down over walking. And so over time, people, I guess, going from one building to another, they always walk the same path every time. And so eventually they just said, well, let's just pave this in this way. A path is a course of life also. It's a trajectory that you're on, right? Jesus talks about, he teaches about the broad way and then the narrow way. These are two paths, two different trajectories that you could be on in your life, right? Now, if, if everything in your life seems to be going, uh, it, it's easy, you're not having any struggles, your trajectory is probably going down the broad way, right? Because it's just not very complex. You ever been, ever been hiking, ever been to, you know, national parks and things like that, and they have all these hiking trails, and they'll give you a difficulty score on it, you know, because you don't want to get halfway down uh, a trail and realize I'm not physically fit enough to get back, right? So they'll go ahead and give you a briefing of how difficult it is. <clears throat> I kind of like to do about the middle of the road, you know, too easy, that's, that's for kids. Too old, that's for like, you know, marathon athletes. You know, I mean, I, I want to go right there in the middle, you know. And uh, even then, it's, it can be a little difficult, right? Your, your path, your trajectory in life is, is everything, really. We don't really think about it. We don't really, we don't really focus on what we're doing a whole lot, you know, because we're so focused in on, on what is happening just today. You know, we're so focused in on surviving today that we forget about the long-term consequences of how these actions are channeling me, right? And there's sometimes when you come home from work, it's been a tough day, and you say, well, I'm just not going to study the Word today. I'm just going to veg. I'm going to just feed my flesh, right? And you may think, well, it doesn't have any long-term consequences. I'm just taking care of myself today. When in reality, you may just be shifting your crosshairs a little over in your trajectory, right? Which tomorrow may not be that far off. But once you go a year out, I mean, you may be, you may be thousands of miles off course, right? The path that you are walking is so important. Let's go to uh, Proverbs. The book of Proverbs has a lot to say about uh, the paths that you take in life. Proverbs chapter 1 starts off by talking about this. Proverbs 1 and verse 15 says this, My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. He's talking about, he's talking about wicked people, wicked individuals. It's so important that this, this father is instructing his son, don't walk in the path with them. Don't go in their way of life, their course of life. In Proverbs 2, in verse 9, just, just barely over, it says, Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. 
You see, he, he's saying you've got, you've got some paths that you don't want to walk on. And then you've got another path that's like this. It's, it's righteousness and it's judgment and equity. It's fairness. Every good path. That's the, that, those are the kind of paths that you want to be walking on. And Proverbs 4 also. Proverbs 4 and verse uh, 14 says, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Don't walk on the path with the wicked. All right? Now that's easy to say, and it's, it's a little harder to do, right? We all know that. But as I said, if you don't know which path you're walking on today, you can, you can examine yourself fairly easily by looking at how easy has your life been, okay? Because Jesus himself teaches that there is a way that is, that's a broad way. It's easy to walk on it, right? You know, when you go to those national parks and you take those easy trails only, you're not really going to get to see some of the most beautiful sights, right? You know, some people say, oh man, the way to get the most beautiful views and the best pictures is to take that hardest path. And actually, I think that um, that's actually not true. Some, I, I feel like I've seen some of the best on the medium paths, okay? But I think that by the time you get to the end of the hardest path, you just think it's beautiful because you're done, right? But, but Jesus teaches us that there's a narrow way. There's a, there's a difficult path to walk. It reminds me of the Highline Trail at Glacier National Park. There's literally a, a path that you take that's just barely cut out of the side of the mountain, and you're just walking along it. And, and you know, you've got, if you, if you meet somebody coming, you know, you don't really have a whole lot of leeway to, to get out of the way. You've got to kind of hug the cliffside as they walk around on the other side. can't even imagine if you were to come up on a bear or something, you know. <laughs> just, I've seen videos of people doing that. But there is a way that the Lord says is very narrow. It's a, it's a very straight way, as in very narrow. It's difficult, okay? It's going to be challenging on you to be walking that way. So if you found yourself uh, having to push yourself on a regular basis, then you were probably heading in the right direction. If you're pushing yourself in study, if you were, if you were straining, you know, if you're working out and you, and, and you have gotten to a point where you're no longer hurting, <laughs> you're probably just plateauing, right? You're probably not pushing it anymore. That's the kind of working out I do. <laughs> I like to do the same workout every day and eventually get to the point where it doesn't hurt anymore. But if you're really walking the right way, you're going to be pushing yourself. Okay, that's the path we want to be on. There's also another path that, that the Lord teaches us about. If you want to go to Psalm chapter 16, now this is the good path, okay? But it's even more than just the good path, okay? First, uh, Psalm 16 We'll look at verse 11. It says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. This is talking about a specific path that the Lord shows us 
It's called the path of life. Now, this sounds like the kind of path I want to walk on. Because it says, not only are you walking in the path of life, it says, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you're on this path, this path of life, and you were there with God Himself, in His presence, when you're in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. You know, that's ultimately what everybody's looking for. Everybody is looking for something in their life to fill up this hole inside of them. You, ever, you, you experience that longing? You ever wonder why you, know, you want that job, you finally get that job, and then you want something else? It's like it, you're never fulfilled. You want, you want that pay raise, you get it, and then you want more. You want that boat, you want that car, you want whatever it is. You get it, and then you realize, I want the next one. I want the next thing. You know, we have this problem. Everybody does. Every person in this world has this problem. You want to you see why we have such a consumer-based society? Why we have such a society that is built on getting what you want when you want it right away? Right? I want to be able to sit on, on, in my living room and look at everything in the world and to be able to order it and it to be on my doorstep within two days. And if it's not, I'm going to be fussy about it, right? That's the world that we live in. And why is that? It's because we all have these holes inside of us that we're trying to fill up. And the problem is that only God can fulfill you. The problem is that we look other places to get that. You want to know why people turn, ultimately turn to substances, turn to harmful things? Because they're chasing something. They're chasing a feeling that they think it will give, that it promises to give them. But there is, as, as I think Brother Sam Bryant said this, there is no high like the most high, right? There is no feeling of joy greater than just simply being in the presence of God. And that's what you get when you're on the path of life with Him. It says, at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. You know, I have dealt... And, and prosecuted and, and in, in, our, uh, in the things that we try to offer in prosecuting uh, people who have substance abuse problems, we try to uh, facilitate rehabilitation, things like that. It's very unlikely to work. Why is that? Because unless you've got somebody who decides to replace that, that thing... <laughs> that thing that has a control over them, unless they decide to replace that with something greater that has a hold over them, they will slip back into it, okay, every single time. And I hate to be so cynical when somebody comes to me and says, I'm doing so much better. You know, you, look, you can dismiss these charges against me because I'm doing better. I went to rehab while I was in jail, all these sort of things. And I said, look, 
Everybody finds Jesus when they're in jail, right? Everybody finds that they're doing better now. What I want to see is somebody who a year from now, two years from now, has still been able to let it go. But it hardly ever happens. And you can, and you can really think about that in your own terms, in, in your own life. You ever had anything that you were trying to cut to quit? Maybe it was smoking, maybe it was something else, and, 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 and you just realize how easy it is to go back into it. I, I have quit drinking soft drinks so many times it's not even funny, right? But I go back into it. You have got to be careful of the path that you're walking on. And if you put it down in terms like this, it's very simple. You want to walk on the path of life with God where there are joys that, that never end? Or do you want to walk on that easy path, that broad way that leads to destruction? That's not to say that you will lose your salvation and go to hell if you walk that way. We're talking about a path that God walked. The path that even the fowls of the air can't see. That even the great lines didn't walk. There's a path that He walked so that you would be saved, right? That you would be in heaven. But in the meantime, let's walk a good walk, right? Let's walk a good path, right? That's, that's, a simple, that's the simple primitive Baptist doctrine boiled down. You were saved by the work of God. Now, because of that, not, not in order to get it, but because of that, let's walk right. Let's do right, okay? As a show of gratitude, as a show of worship, let's do right. All right, so not only does the Lord provide us this special path of life where we can spend time with Him and have joys forevermore, there's something else. In Psalm 139, if you'll turn over there, it's this beautiful, beautiful idea that the Lord gives us. And you walk through many paths in your life, many ways in your life. Some, some good, some bad. And you think, you ever felt alone? <laughs> you ever felt alone while you're walking down this path? You know, there's so many, there's so many um, songs about walking this lonely road, you know, walking the line, all these sorts of things. And, and the truth is, you're never alone. In Psalm 139 and verse 3, it says, Thou compassest my path, and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. You know, this is talking about a God who sees you, who knows all of your ways. And not only, not only is He with you on your path, it says He compassest my path. He, not only is He with you there, He is all around you. He is wrapped around that path in every way. He sees you. And so if you think that it's getting tough in the path that you're walking, regardless of what you're going through, Regardless of what adversity you're facing as you're walking down that path, not only is God beside you, God has got you wrapped up. He's all around you. And He says, 
He is acquainted with all my ways. He knows you. He knows exactly how you're feeling. Not only that, but He knows your weaknesses. He knows your strengths. I mean, He is there with you. Remember that. Also in Psalm 142, He says this, It says, when my spirit was overwhelmed within me. Have you ever experienced this? I've I've experienced this a few times in my life where your circumstances and the path that you're walking on are just overwhelming. Maybe, Maybe so much that you physically feel it and that it gets hard to breathe and you just feel that that um, restriction. Maybe, maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's spiritual. Whatever you've experienced. He says, My spirit was overwhelmed within me. Then thou knewest my path. And the way wherein I walked, have they privily laid a snare for me. You see, the Lord, the Lord knows even when you're overwhelmed, He knows the path that you're on. The other scripture says he encompasses about you. And also, he says that that your enemies may have laid a snare for you, a trap for you on your path. The Lord knows about that too. And in other Psalms, he says that he is able to deliver you out of the snare. You know, so if you're walking with the Lord, he will take care of you. He will provide for you. Also about our path in Psalm 119, we all know this. Psalm 119 and verse 105 says that thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So not only does does the Lord provide a path for you to walk, this path of life, not only is he there with you and he encompasses about you, and he, and he knows that you're on the path. He sees you. He sees the snares that are laid for you on the path. But also, his word is a lamp and a light unto your path. Okay? So you want to know, how, how do I avoid the little snares on the path? How do, I, how do I make sure that I'm still walking on the path? His word is a light for you. One of my fears when we were walking that high line trail in in Glacier was that when we got to a certain point, you got to remember it was a one-way-in, one-way-out trail, right? It's not like it looped around. And as we got further and further away, I knew that was further and further we had to go back. And the sun was coming down, right? It was setting. My fear was that we would get to a point where we were like, all right, we need to get back. And about halfway back, the sun caught us, and we were in the dark the rest of the way, stumbling through this narrow path with a cliff on one side that we would all die, and, and, and that would be the end of our story, right? And so, you know, not having a light for your path in a situation like that would be very scary. The Word of God that He has given us in this Bible, in the Scripture, is your light for your path. Say you've, say you've lost the path. Say you've walked off into the woods, into the darkness, and you need to find the path again. His word will be a light for you to guide you back. 
right? Say you're on the wrong path. You can hold up the light of the scripture and be able to tell if you're on the right path or not. Say you're on the right path, but there's, there's these roots and rocks everywhere and there's snares along the way. His, his word will be a light for you to make sure that you don't twist your ankle along the way, right? So my point is, the Lord provides everything you need in order to walk this path of life. He will sustain you even when that path becomes very difficult. So not only does he provide you everything you need, but even when the pathway takes you through some dangerous places, he'll be there with you. He will provide for you. Psalm 77 and verse 16 says this, The waters saw thee, O God, the waters saw thee, they were afraid, the depths also were troubled. The clouds poured out water, the skies sent out a sound, thine arrows also went, ab went abroad. The voice of thy thunder was in the heaven, the lightnings lighted the world, the earth trembled and shook, thy way is in the sea, and thy path in the great waters, and thy footsteps are not known. We see this image of God, that his way, that his path is in the deep waters, in the sea, in the great waters. I can't think of, of something that would be more treacherous than if you're walking along your trail and then all of a sudden it's, it's flooded in a portion and the, and the river is going through it, right? My brothers and I uh, went through some trails on our, on our vehicles and we would come to, to places where the trail led straight into the river, right? And we would, have to, uh, we would have to just drive through the river to get to the other side. Well, if you were walking that and it was a swift flowing river, that'd be a little dangerous, right? Also, in Isaiah 43, the Lord tells us this about our path. Of course, you know, you know at the beginning of this, of this chapter, Isaiah 43 and verse 1, it says, but, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. I wanted to use the scripture last uh, last time when we were preaching on, on, the, uh, on the fire, but we didn't get there. But he also says this, When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. You know, the Lord will preserve you and protect you along the way. He says, even when you walk through the rivers, even when you pass through that, he will be with you. And as a matter of fact, later on in Isaiah 43 and verse 16, he says this, Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters. You know, you can ask the Israelites about this, right? The Lord's, the Lord's path that he laid for them led them out of Egypt straight up to the Red Sea, right? Can you imagine coming up on the sea 
being chased down by the Egyptians, and you say, Lord, there's a sea here. You brought us here to this obstacle that we know we can't overcome. What are we going to do? And of course, you know what the Lord did. I've talked about this before, about how sometimes we see, we see option A in our life, option B, or door A, door B, you know? And that's all we can think about. We can only see maybe one or two options in a scenario that you come and face in your life. Well, sometimes we forget that we've got the God who will sometimes just knock a, a hole in the wall that's option C that you can walk through, right? That's what he did here at the Red Sea. They say, okay, well, we can either die here or we can go back to Egypt. Plan A, plan B, right? Well, the Lord said, no, plan C is the way. I'm going to just divide the waters and you're going to walk through this path that I make for you on dry land. And they had already seen the Lord provide for them in so many ways. And then he provided in this way. And then when they get on the other side and they have another obstacle, what do they say? Lord, what, have you brought us out here to kill us? And yet we do that all the time. How many times has the Lord provided for you? Has he delivered you through your obstacle that you're facing? And yet you hit the next one and you say, Lord, I feel like I've been following your leading. Why did you lead me here to this? Just to have to turn back around. Though your path may lead through water, though your path may lead through fire, if you are following the Lord, He will sustain you. I had to make that caveat because, it, look, if you're, walking, if you're walking the other way, if you're not walking with the Lord and you're walking through fire and you're walking through water, you may be consumed, okay? But not, not eternally. But there may, be, there may be times in which the Lord allows you to be consumed that you may turn back to Him. But if you're walking with the Lord on that path of life, He will sustain you. All right, let's move on. In Hebrews 12, we, we, we learn something else about paths. We've mostly been talking about the path that the Lord lays out for you. This good path that the Lord expects you to walk on. Now, we don't believe that God causes everything that happens to happen. We don't believe that God, every footstep you take is one that God is making you make as if you're a puppet. But we do believe this. There is a best way. <laughs> there, there is a best way that the Lord has laid out for you. You know, sometimes when, when, uh, when a young person is, is dating and they're courting, they're trying to find their, their spouse, they think along the lines of, I've got to find the one. I've got to find the one. Like it's the only one out there that God has for me. And that, that may be true in a sense. But I, I think that there is a best, right? I think that that's how it works. That the Lord may have people in your life that would be best for you, right? If you were to follow him, he would lead you that way. But I mean, if you get to, if you get to overthinking it and saying, I've got to find the one. And maybe this person who is awesome is not the one. I need to go elsewhere, right? We can tell you some funny stories about that with mine and Meredith's relationship where that came into play, right? I'm sorry, Meredith, I had to. 
Um, but, but anyway, the Lord will lead you on the path of best. What in this situation that you're facing, or this person, who is best? Who, who does the Lord want me to pursue? Or which way does the Lord want me to pursue? But not every single thing that happens to you is going to be the Lord making it happen to you, okay? But now I want to talk about another path. There's a sense in which you've got to make a path for yourself, okay? There's a path that we walk that we follow the Lord. Hebrews 12 and verse 12, it says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. All right, so the Lord gives us something here. In your, in your discipleship, as you follow the Lord, as you labor to follow Him and to walk after Him on this path, there may be times where you have got to do some extra work to make sure that you can walk the path, that you don't fail, right? I'll give you this as an example. If you're fighting an addiction, if you're fighting a, a substance addiction or something like that, making a straight path for your feet would involve something like this. It would involve creating scenarios for yourself where you don't have to be tempted, right? If, if you have a problem with thinking impure thoughts, when you, when you see someone, okay, we'll, just, we'll be frank here, if you have a problem with that, then, then how making a straight path for you would work is that you would try your best to avoid situations where you ever even saw that to begin with, right? It's not about just going in and saying, I've got to be stronger with not having these thoughts. I've got to be stronger about resisting temptation. No, sometimes, sometimes the Lord expects you to create a better path through, okay? Sometimes you might just need to, if you keep tripping over rocks in your path, you might just need to start removing some of the rocks out of the way in your path, okay? So there may be some work that you need to do to avoid temptation altogether. You know, if, if you have a problem, if you have a problem with, with uh, alcohol, with a problem with, with going too far in that, you know what's a good way? A good way to make a straight path for you is to get it away from you. It may be something physical, such as, you know, uh, reducing your internet access. Or, or putting your phone away, or, or doing whatever. Do what it takes to, to walk a straight path. Because I'll be honest with you, you, you may be a super Christian, I don't know, but you are not strong enough, you're not strong enough to, to sail through temptation and not be singed, okay? You just can't do it. Did, did, any, of, did any of the heroes of the faith get through unsinged no they all succumb to temptation and you will too okay and that's why we ought to be careful about the path that we make and about straightening it out and what does the lord say what will happen if you do that 
He says, for one, if you don't do it, that which is lame be turned out of the way. Imagine you've got a twisted ankle. You're already, you're already kind of handicapped on, your, on the walk on your path. And there's a bunch of rocks in the way. Don't you think it would be a good idea to get the rocks out of the way so that you don't twist your ankle more or hurt your, or hurt your other ankle? You know? He says, but rather let it be healed. Let it rather be healed. You see, the option that you've got in front of you is you can, you can straighten some of those rocks out of the way and you will heal, right? The Lord will heal you. He says, let it be healed. Or you can just continue to expose yourself to that same temptation and you will get more and more and more crippled, okay? Now, I want to, as we close this, <clears throat> I want to contrast our way, the way that the Lord has given to us and, and the path that He took. I'll remind you I'll remind you of the verse that we started with in the book of Job. He says, There's a way that the fowls of the air, that the vultures, that even the lions are not aware of. There's a way, there's a path that only God walked, that only God could walk. You know, he, he tells us that the, the path that we walk is the path of life, right? Man, that sounds like a good path to walk on, right? If you're, if you're sitting there at the trailhead at, at your national park and you have, you have the arrow sign saying which way you want to go and you've got one that says the path of death, right? And one that says path of life. I mean, that's not really going to take a, a family discussion to decide which way we want to go. Well, this one, this one's only this many miles. This one's this many miles. We're going to take the path of life, right? That is the path that God has given you. He's given you the path of life. Now, if we were there with the McCools, Mason would probably want to take the path, the other path, right? Just to be, just to be exciting and crazy. But no, I'm kidding, obviously. If this was the real path of death, path of life, obviously that's not a decision to be made. You take the path of life, right? Think about the path that Jesus walked as he came into Jerusalem, we, we, we celebrate this in some way or another, the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. You know, some people call this Palm Sunday, right? What happened as Jesus walked in on, on that uh, cult of a donkey, and, and, they, and they said, Hosanna, and they cried out, and they laid down palm branches, and they laid down their coats on his pathway that he may walk on those things. And that's great. That's a beautiful, wonderful pathway that he walked. But what about that path that God walked in Genesis 15, that path of those carcasses that we've already talked about? That's not a path of, of celebration. That's not a path of life. That is a path of death, a path of blood. What about that path that Jesus took as he was carrying that cross on his back, as he walked from, from where he had received that judgment on him, and as he walked up to the hill of, of, of Golgotha, of Calvary, to be crucified. People to, to this day call that path, and, and you know, pil, uh, 
people who are making their pilgrimages and things like that can go and walk this pathway through Jerusalem. They call it Via della Rosa, which means the path of sorrow. Now, it's amazing. <laughs> he gives us the path of life. He gives us this path that with him there is fullness of joy. But he walked a path, a path of sorrow for you. And Job 41, as we close this, 41 and verse uh, 32 says this, He maketh a path to shine after him. One would think the deep to be hoary or to be white. It's amazing. Who, who are we talking about here? <laughs> who is this God that walked this path of sorrow that we may have the path of life? It's the God who, when He walks a path, it even makes the path to shine with His beauty and His glory. I mean, can you see the image? Can you see the image of Him walking down a path and every step that He takes just glows? It says even the deep, you would even say that the deep was white, right? That even if the Lord is there in the, in the darkness, it would be bright with His glory. So even when God walks the path of darkness, it becomes light because of His glory. We sing about that, that hymn, uh, the hymn that His, his uh, footsteps, are, they're shining, they're light, and we follow His footsteps, right? That is the God who did this. That is the God who would go to the cross for you, walking that miserable, dark, bloody path of death that you may have the path of life. Now that is a God. That is a God that we are here to worship today that you'll spend the rest of your life, the rest of eternity, worshiping. A, a glory that you cannot comprehend. That even as He walks a path, it lights the way. Now, I can't imagine a darker path than death. The path of death. I can't imagine a, a worse enemy than the enemy of death, right? We've all experienced death one way or another. If, you've, if you're young, maybe you haven't experienced the death of family yet, but you've experienced possibly the death of pets, you know? That was one of the ways I began to face the reality of death in my life was when my pets would die, right? And the grief that you would feel. And you feel that it, with, with family members and friends. I mean, death is an enemy. The Lord tells us that. It says the last enemy that shall be defeated is death. And it's going to be defeated on the resurrection. Praise God. But can you see this? Can you imagine this? That even as your Savior, who loves you so, even as He walked down that path, that dark path of death, that He lit it up with His glory. Every step that He took was a, a shining light that even so much that as He came back from the grave, that death, that path of death could not hold Him. As He came back from the grave, death now is a light, a glorious light, right? 
precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Can you even imagine a God who could take the path of death and light it up, right? <laughs> and make it a glorious path. Now, when you are on, your, on the doorstep of death, when you're there and you're about to breathe your last, you realize that because of God walking the path of death for you, you are seconds away. You are breaths away from seeing Him face to face. The very God that loves you so, the glory of the universe, the desire of nations, you were there. I can't imagine a brighter path than that, right? You know, they may say I'm suicidal. <laughs> I, I'm not. But, but the day of my death, the day that I get to see my Lord is not something you ought to tempt me with, okay? <laughs> I want to see him so bad. Have you ever done this? You ever just wake up one morning and you just miss him, right? You've never seen him before in the flesh. You, you have a long day and you just miss him. Man, I just want to curl up in his lap. I want to hold on to him. You ever felt that way? Man, there is coming a day because of what he did for you. And walking that path, man, you will see Him. You will be with Him. And that is a bright, shining pathway for me. The path of death that He walked and lit it up, man, that's beautiful. Think about as He walked that cross, walked the road to that cross. I'd love to go there someday. I'd love to go and to walk through Jerusalem, the path that Jesus took bearing that cross. We, we see this, that, that God made a path for you. He made this beautiful path of life for you to walk on where you can experience joys with Him. You don't have to wait for heaven. You can, you can get a little bit of it here, right? You can get a little bit of joy with Him as you walk on this path that He paved for you. And on that path, He encompasses you. He's right there with you, all around you. He's walking beside you. Think about those people, those, those disciples on the, on the road to Emmaus as Jesus came there and walked with them. And He preached to them all the way. He, he preached to them all the way through the Old Testament. I mean, can you imagine? That's amazing. I love, I love the, the way that the Lord describes our relationship with Him as a walk. Your walk with Christ. Now, I, I think that's one, that's one of the most beautiful uh, ways to experience fellowship with somebody is to take a walk with them. You know, because you're walking, you're walking together and you get, to, you get to talk about what's going on with each other and you get to experience uh, an adventure of traversing through something together, right? That's what a walk is. I love taking walks with Meredith. That is, that is a wonderful way in which we fellowship as we take a walk together. We, ha we have a walk that we have with Christ. Can you imagine being there as Jesus himself comes? He appears to you. He walks with you for several miles, and he's just teaching you about himself. We also have this, that God gives you a light on your path. He gives you the light of the Scripture to help you in walking on your pathway. But notice, as Jesus walked that lonely road 
to the cross. Did he have any of that? You know, it's great that he, when he entered into Jerusalem, he had people laying down palm branches. He had people laying down coats and singing, Hosanna. They thought, they're like, this is the Messiah. He's coming to Jerusalem. He's going to overthrow the Romans. Well, who was there? Who was there for him? Who was laying down palm branches and coats for him when he walked that way to the cross? Nobody. They were spitting on him. They were crying out, crucify him. His own disciples, his dear friends that he had walked with on these pathways of life, they abandoned him. They ran away. He walked out alone. Even you, when, you're, when you feel like you're walking alone, you have God encompassing about you. What did, what did Jesus say? He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He walked that pathway alone. That was the path that he had set before the foundation of the world that he would walk for you. He walked it alone. He walked it abandoned. He walked that path of blood. And he himself became like those animals, right? His body was torn for you. Now because of that, because that you have a God who would go through the path of death for you, that you could walk this wonderful path of life, we ought to walk that path, okay? As I said, that is, that is the basic teaching of the Primitive Baptist, is that God saved you, He did all of this for you. Now do right. <laughs> now live right. You think God is pleased when He sees, he sees you and you're getting weak because you're having to resist something and then you slip back off into that other pathway. Now, he's a merciful God, don't get me wrong. But have you yet resisted unto blood as he did? Have you yet shed out your life's blood in, in pursuit of him? None of us have. I pray that we as, as a body, as a church here, and us as individuals might walk this path of life that He has paved for us with every fiber of our beings in service to this great God who would even light up the path of death for us. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.